0: Backlash has been fierce already, but where I think the backlash will be even more fierce is in 2017 when they negotiate the new CBA. Remember what happened when the big three got together in ownership? They got pissed off all the owners and they renegotiated the CBA and tried to throw in new wrinkles to make sure that couldn't happen again. Locked out the league, dude. Don't be surprised that it happens <laughs> again.
1: Everybody here doesn't know each other. I feel like I feel like I almost walked into somebody's like somebody's house party or something like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Happy July 4, everyone, or should I say, happy Kevin Durant Day to the Golden State Warriors. I'm kind of upset. I'm not going to lie to you tomorrow. Is this good for the league? Because I feel like it's kind of bad for the league. Give me your thoughts on KD joining the trio in Golden State and literally just selling his soul for a title oh,
1: oh man selling his soul for the title that's a little bit harsh don't you think
0: <laughs> i
1: think it's a little bit harsh
0: but it, initial reaction when i read the player's tribune article i got through it and like after the first two sentences i go holy crow he is going to golden state okay. and then i get further in and then by the second
1: graph i'm like great Dude, I'm, if it's good for the nba i don't know if it's really it's not really it's not really good for the nba it depends on your perspective.
0: If you're in Seattle,
1: this is great for the NBA. <laughs> that is
0: true because Oklahoma City, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts there now in terms of Russell Westbrook and what happens with the franchise of what direction are they going next. But I think in the immediate future, when you look at this in the whole grand scheme of things with the NBA, this is easily one of the most important moments in NBA history today. I mean, you got Michael Jordan's retirement, you have Magic Johnson's announcement of HIV-AIDS, you have LeBron's the decision, and then as we know it now, the return. And now you have Kevin Durant's, I guess we could call this the July 4 decision. Like, I, the time he went west is pretty much it. And <laughs> it's big. This is huge. I've never seen a player in any sport that was a free agent with this much power in the league. He can literally change any franchise by signing with them. Go to one that was already had 73 wins last year. Like, he went to the best team in the NBA.
1: Yeah, you did. Uh, you, it's easy to, Um. it would be harder for him to sell himself to, like, team that won 73 games and then won the championship, likes to think to himself, like, I'm going to go there and help them because they need somebody to get over the hump. Harder to do that if they had won the championship, but they lost, you know? <laughs> so, I, for him, I think it's kind of like an easy decision, just like, what's the best way for me to win? Just go to the Warriors, and they're paying him basically the same money that would that the Thunder would play, pay him in the long run, so... If he stays. Yeah, if he say Oh, ho oh, oh. another Another wrinkle.
0: <laughs> That's the biggest wrinkle in all this, in my opinion, is if he stays. And the reason why I say that is because all year, Kevin Durant has kind of hinted throughout his press conferences and the way he's treated the media and I guess his temperament has changed towards his perception, the way people view him. He's always been about, I don't care if people think about me, his whole, when he, he starts swearing at them, to be honest, people are like, whoa, whoa, Kevin Durant? This is the guy with the business tattoos and... The friendly Footlocker Locker commercials and, wait a minute, he has this kill switch off the court too? And it's like, yeah, he does. So he's kind of been hinting at, you know, he's going to do what's best for him. He's going to get titles. And I really think you might see Kevin Durant, the NBA mercenary, where he, he might just chase titles literally for a while here and just bounce around teams and max out his salary.
1: That's an idea that I think has been like uh, thrown around on the internet for a little bit, especially NBA Reddit. Yeah, NBA Reddit's been all about they, that. For yeah, a they've been thinking about like, what if there is? They do it, with they usually talk about with LeBron, where like, oh yeah, he was the first sign one-year contracts and like every, in like you know the 76ers, just to see how far he how far they can actually go with LeBron on the team. <laughs> but now, like, Well, I'm, I, I'm thinking go like a seventy sixes though. I'm talking like going to
0: teams that are literally one player away. Yeah, and just winning a title. Yeah, I mean, that would be an
1: an excellent story as a player, you know.
0: Like John Wayne of the NBA. Yeah. Just literally goes around and just wins titles.
1: That would be really cool to – he would almost have his own following as – like, you know, everybody has their fans. But, like, he would kind of have this weird, you know, exterior following from the NBA where it's just like this one guy is so good that he's just bringing every team he goes to to the finals and probably winning a championship.
0: Which I think would fit well with the way the NBA markets the player and not the team. So he would literally be the ideal NBA player, in my opinion, by doing that. Because they do market the player instead of the team. Like, that's that's evident throughout everything they do. I mean, sure, you can say people love Golden State, but they love the players on Golden State. It's like, you don't mention Festus Azili and, like, the other role players and guys that chip in. You mention the Steph Currys, the Clay Thompsons. It's like Cleveland, LeBron James. Like, everybody that I know that is an NBA fan... A casual or general NBA fan will cite a player first before a team. They'll say they like a team because of a player. Whereas in other sports like football or hockey, I feel like fandom is a little bit more intense. Mm-hmm. Where they're, they're they're just more geared towards, like, I love the team, that's my team. I guess the loyalty is more there. Whereas in the NBA, it's kind of like, aside from the historic franchises like the Lakers and the Celtics, it's the player instead of the team.
1: It's because uh, the NBA is more of a worldwide sport than any other like of the big four. So, like, in hockey, it's kind of where, you know, it's, it's huge in Canada, but it, that's just, like, Canada, right? So, you you know, people would cheer for, like, the Canadians or the Leafs because they have these, like, storied histories. But in the NBA, like, you have people from, like, all over the country, like all over the world playing there. So you can kind of, like, if you're from Argentina, you're just, like, you always cheer for, like, a specific set of players, you know? And if you're from, if you're, like, from uh, Russia or something, you cheer for a specific set of players, I guess it makes more sense to just market the team, ever market the players instead of the team. who love the, the players.
0: I could buy that, especially like what you just said with it being a global game. I mean, you look at a guy like Yao Ming, when he came over,
1: Jeez, like
0: yeah. <laughs> the guy was in the All-Star game every year, not because of players here, or sorry, fans here voting him in. It's because the whole country voted him in.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the whole reason why the Houston Rockets' uh, uniform design is that way is because... It was to attract, like, a Chinese audience when Yao Ming was drafted to the team. Yeah.
0: Okay. To kind of, like, segue back to uh, Kevin Durant and the Warriors here, who's going to be a bigger villain? When the Miami Heat got together for the Big Three or this core four now with the Golden State Warriors? It's, it's,
1: you know, for me, it's really, like, it's hard to cheer against them because I just think this is, like, one of the coolest things that have ever happened in the NBA where it's just, like, this these two like transcended transcendent players are just like one has finally just met the other. It's like almost like two stars meeting each other <laughs> in space, and you're just like, oh, what's what's gonna happen? <laughs> you no, know, I just I just love the I just love the concept. So I don't I can't really even think of them as a villain team. They're just like a novelty to me right now.
0: Oh, they're a villain team, dude. Now they're a villain team to like the general fan base. There's no question about that in my opinion because. People are going to look at Durant as a sellout now. They're going to view as like, ah, he, he decided to take the title instead of being competitive and trying to beat these guys. You know, he can't beat them, join them. Well, every cliche. I mean, just look at look at Twitter today, for example. People were crucifying him. And look at even the memes that have come out. Like, you got people going back to Fresh Prince. And when Will's dad leaves, why don't he, he want back, me, he's like, yeah, 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 why don't you want me? And they're like, they got the Thunder and Durant there, like... The backlash has been fierce already, but where I think the backlash will be even more fierce is in 2017 when they negotiate the new CBA. Mm-hmm. You remember what happened when the big three got together in ownership? They got pissed off, all the owners, and they renegotiated the CBA and tried to throw in new wrinkles to make sure that couldn't happen again. Locked
1: out the league, too.
0: Don't be surprised that it happens again.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I can honestly see that happening again just because trying to offset things like this is going to be very difficult, especially with the Warriors owner being so influential in the league. I mean... He's a progressive thinker. He's got deep, deep, deep pockets, and he's got a lot of influence around other owners. And the, the TV deal that they got is partly because of the success Golden State's had recently, right? right. And partly because of the West Coast growing, truthfully, in ratings outside of the Lakers. So that, that's helped immensely for them. But if you're another owner now, you don't, like, you don't want to feel like you have nothing to play for. And quite frankly, you can make an argument right now that look at the 28 other teams outside of the Cavs and the Warriors. What are they playing for this year? Yeah, that's the penalty of being light
1: years ahead, man. Everybody starts to hate on the team. I can't, you know, the other 28 teams, you know, you just have to get good, bro. I hate to say <laughs> hate uh, yeah, to, You know what? I, I share that. I hate to bring in, like, a, a meme to describe it, but you just have to, like, you have to be better, dude. You just have to draft better. You know, the Warriors are, apart from Kevin Durant, was, like, a homegrown team. The only, team, the only player they really brought in was Andrew Bogut, and that's when, after he broke, like, he destroyed his arm and his elbow. Uh, Sean Livingston was brought in after his, you know, horrific knee incident. The only player that, like, really, they went out to get just because we need this piece is uh, Andrew Godala. Everything else is, like, homegrown.
0: That's a really good point. I'll respect that a lot with the Warriors, is you kind of look at their timeline here where people forget when Baron Davis and those guys, and the Oracle was kind of like this, Folklore arena where it's like, oh it's so loud, it's so tough to play in. I mean, imagine if they were ever good and then they were the number eight seed that year and they knocked off the Mavs and it just became like, well, this gigantic what if. What if this team was ever good? And then they started drafting good and now they're they're this. They're this borderline juggernaut, or as you like to say, which set off the air. <laughs> potentially an empire. Yeah. Not just a dynasty. An, an empire.
1: empire. You know, who is stopping them really? Like, I'm just like, we were talking about how, okay, this is the the basketball aspect of the team is like, I was thinking, everybody's thinking about, you know, the Kevin Durant, the Steph Curry ball handler, and then Kevin Durant roller, you know, in the pick and roll, or they'll do like Kevin Durant and uh, Draymond Green. I was thinking about doing the LeBron James inverse where you do uh, the pick and roll where Steph Curry is the roller. And you just have uh, Kevin Durant doing all the action with the ball. If they switch, he has a post up advantage over the point guard. Or he could just take them off the dribble. Like, Steph Curry pops out for three. He just... Anybody can be open for anything. There's so many options that come out of that one reverse action that LeBron James has been using. I think it's just even more lethal now with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry instead of LeBron James and uh, Kyrie Irving or Della Vadova.
0: It's the most lethal... Switch team that we've ever seen, and last year when we watched Warriors play, a lot of times you'd be like, "This team is switch proof." Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to kind of undercut what they do in screen and roll action. Well, what the hell are you to do now? Yeah, their spacing was already quite frankly the best I've ever seen since the Spurs. When the Spurs had that magic run where they just annihilated the Heat, that was some of the best spacing basketball I've ever seen in my life. The ball life.
1: just seemed to float in midair, and people just exchanged, you know, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like here, you get a touch. No, you get a touch. I- 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 oh, well, I I can lay this in now. Yeah, exactly. Okay, lay it in, (laughs) lay it in. It was crazy the way they moved the ball. I do think it'll take them a little bit of time to get together. Like, the Warriors, it's going to... You look at all the great teams over the years. The big three in Miami took a little while to get going. Even, like, the '04 4 Lakers, that took a little while to get going. You can go back in time and look at teams where, when they come together for the first year or even the first couple months, it's it's a bit of a struggle just to get used to playing with each other because nobody's played the player like Durant. Like, this is a guy who can take over any game. There isn't a shot he can't make. There isn't a thing he can't do. I mean, he was over 60% in post-up situations last year. That tells you how well his game has evolved. Yeah, you know, And his defense, like we saw in the Western Conference Finals, that, that part's evolved too, so...
1: You know, this actually fit, fits an offensive need that the Warriors have have had for the past two years, which is kind of weird to think about for such a great team, is uh, if Steph Curry's not on the floor... You know, they're usually one of the worst teams in the NBA, but it's because they can't run a pick-and-roll. Like, nobody else can run, run the pick-and-roll when he's not on the floor. Now they have that guy, you know. <laughs> they have Kevin Durant, who can also run the pick-and-roll while he's on the floor.
0: And what I find fascinating about that pick-and-roll is when Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant run that in Oklahoma City, you could kind of get away with, you know, cheating on Durant because Westbrook wasn't the greatest jump shooter. Like, you're okay letting him take a long two or even a three. Now you're not okay doing that. You cannot cheat anymore. <laughs> so Durant's going to get you. Are you going to give a clean look to Durant? Or are you going to let the guy with the ball hand, like whoever has the action, kind of dictate what decision to make, which could be somebody cutting in off of an open look, uh, probably another open three. And I, I keep saying open because it's
1: going to there's be no way you can defend this team. Yes. Yeah, everything's going to be open. And uh, you have to switch that action. But you do switch that action, like, you know, Kevin Durant has a smaller person on him, and he'll just shoot, like, I like that he has the Dirk fadeaway in his repertoire now, so now he just shoots that over you, and he's already 7 foot tall. He says he's 6'9", and 2K says he's 6'10". But we all know he's 7 foot tall because I've seen pictures, man. No matter what, you're vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. in this
0: team, you are vulnerable.
1: And there's no way like somebody that's smaller is going to be able to guard Kevin Durant in any way.
0: Hell no. He'll just <laughs> back him down if he really needed to, or he'll just one-dribble them. He can't do like his five seconds with the ball, jab, step anymore. That we became accustomed to seeing in Oklahoma yeah. City. But who cares? That ball's gonna move so quick and get in his hands and open looks that I think even he's gonna be surprised.
1: He's not even gonna need to jab step anymore. Like he'll just get the ball. Like he's gonna have the chance to just get the ball and go now. You know he doesn't get the ball, size up, right? Where's my advantage? Like he doesn't have to do that. He's like get the ball, okay, like just read and react. That's what the Warriors do, and he's gonna get to be able to do that, and that's gonna be, you know, as the defense when he slows down to do those jab steps, you can like kind of set the defense and prepare for his attack. He won't be able to do that anymore. Well, I think with all of that,
0: there there is a side anecdote that is seldom talked about yet, but it will be talked about more, especially with the hardcore NBA fans. The death lineup's dead. It's evolved. It's a bigger lineup now. It needs a new name. We can't call it the death lineup anymore. This is way bigger than the death lineup.
1: We're gonna, you know what? It's been people have been struggling to come up with the with the name, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name it the nuclear lineup. <laughs> You're going nuclear. This is the nuclear lineup. What is this, Chernobyl? It's, it's like, gonna be worse, bro. This is crazy. Like that lineup where uh, Draymond Green. Does Draymond Green even play the? I'm assuming he plays the five in that in that role.
0: I think they just disrespect teams and play small.
1: Right, but if they play that Draymond Green, uh, Kevin Durant, Igudala, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Curry, you you can't shoot at the rim against that team because they have Kevin Durant Kevin Durant is actually like a good rim protector and we got to see that yeah he's really improved in the conference finals right so he's actually like you know he's seven foot tall with long arms (laughs) well hey
0: they got the rim protector off the bench now they signed him for a 2.3 get your ring deal
1: Zaza Pachulia Zaza nothing easy so they're good Nothing nothing easy he is a workhorse that guy you know his life is gonna be so easy. Like I'm just thinking about the team and the life. life's, life's gonna be so easy. Everything's gonna to come to them so easy on this team now. Like, there's no weaknesses, man. I just I can't even think of weakness for the team right now.
0: You you can't bang them in the paint because if they start hitting threes on you on the other end, for every one two you make, it's just gonna take them one three. You
1: know it's just it's it's amazing. I'm so enamored by the team. I'm going to be following this team, you know, from the very first game, probably even the preseason. I'll be watching, like, I'll be watching Raptors games, and I'll be watching the, the Warriors right after just to see what happens, man. I'm so
0: oh, yeah. I'll be staying up late a lot this upcoming so season to watch fascinated. them
1: play. i fascinated. I remember when they were on that winning streak at the beginning of the season last year where they won, like, a, I think it was 22 or 21 in a row. I was, like, watching. I pretty much was watching every game, and like, now it's just like the entire season, I'm just going to be watching them. There's no reason not to, if you're a basketball fan.
0: They're kind of like when Miami got together. I hate to keep going back to that parallel, but... They're
1: better than Miami.
0: No, no, I know they're better, <laughs> but I'm saying in terms of the storyline where when the big three got together, you had to watch them play.
1: Because
0: yeah. especially
1: when they started losing, you were like,
0: yes, was, yes, people were so happy.
1: D-Wade to LeBron James, alley-oops. I'll miss those. <laughs> Yo, I love those. Sometimes I will, Those are some of my favorite plays. Yeah, though. yeah. Sometimes I'll rewatch them.
0: Watching them like strut back down the court to Miami was mm-hmm. just like, "Ooh, LeBron's having fun." Now
1: we're gonna be like, "Oh crossover." We're gonna be like, "Oh crossover." Step back, pump fake, dish to Kevin Durant, fadeaway three, splash.
0: Oof. Pass it to Curry at half court and let him shoot Pass from the, there you, because oh they want style points.
1: <laughs> I can't wait. You know what? If I'm like Steph Curry, I'm probably working on my range more than. More than like accuracy around the line, I'm probably trying to figure out ways to shoot it from even deeper just to devastate teams, you know.
0: Okay. It's already, when you talk of devastation, though, like
1: how much? What's
0: the biggest blowout win they have this year? I feel like they could house a team by sixty. Yeah,
1: absolutely. They can. This team could probably like set the a point the points record. I don't know what it is. I think it's like 100 and I would like to think it's like 146 points. I remember there was like a Denver versus New, let's say New York. Like, both teams scored, like, 146 points in, like, a triple overtime game.
0: It's, no, <laughs> they, could, they could crush that. They could put 40 a quarter
1: up. Yo, oh, my win. goodness, dude. I'm so if excited. they play these guys. I'm so excited.
0: When you look at the team long term, though, how do they sustain this and keep these players together? Uh, I mean, they don't. <laughs> the cap's going up, so they can – you don't think they can? I mean, they got Klay Thompson on a relatively friendly deal. Draymond there as well. Steph Curry and Durant are obviously the big two here they gotta, they got to re-up them both. Um, they can pay Durant next year, basically the max of whatever he wants, and then Curry will have to work around that. Right. And they're just going to go thin with four superstars, which, right, exactly. like most dynasty teams, though, you look at it, they're always, like, they're really thin, they're top-heavy, and they just fill in the pieces from there.
1: Hey, people are going to want to so, come and play for the team, man. Like, oh, at a discount down, too. If you just shoot the ball, there isn't, like, of course I want to play with the Warriors. I just get open threes all the time. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? You know, all they need for this team at this point is just like dudes that shoot and dudes that can rebound, and that's it. And
0: dudes that can play regular season games, and they don't want to. Yeah, play. like
1: <laughs> you know, Ian Clark, Ian Clark. If he came back, that would be he would be so happy on this team.
0: Yeah, he would be actually. <laughs> like Kevin Looney, yeah. he's gonna get playing time. He'll get some some serious burn this year. Um, Mcadoo, like they're, they're going to start playing guys that they just you know may not have played during the regular season this past year, but they're going to now because they're just like yeah oh, we can
1: stick our big guys them. in there. They kind of need them though. They need them to actually start developing because you know you can live on veteran minimum guys for a while, but yep. you need to develop them. Um, the thing that killed the Heat was they had veteran minimum guys and that's all they had. Like they weren't they didn't have anybody being drafted and being developed on the back end.
0: Golden states that's where I think they're very, very good, is drafting young talent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's something they watched in Miami, and they were like, Hey, we can't make that mistake. Because mm-hmm. this is a very innovative team, yeah. right? I don't think they're just going to go around and sign old dudes and hope for the best. I feel like they're going to get young legs and be like, listen, you're going to play a lot of minutes here in the regular season and just chip in if we need you in the playoffs. Yeah. If anybody of this core four was to get hurt, though, who's the one player they can't live without?
1: I honestly think it's Draymond Green. Like Draymond Green is going to be the the lubricant for the entire the entire team. Me too. Because you know he's the passer on the team. You know he's the playmaker he's... for the team. Like Steph Curry, I guess he does that, but it's not his primary um, offensive duty. You know he's just there to use. It's like I want to shoot threes. I want to do these. He's uh, shoot hot.
0: He's also the one recruiter of Kevin Durant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So. Gonna... Like I was
0: reading today that apparently after the Thunder, you know, blew that three one lead. Draymond went up to Durant and told him, we still need you. Mm-hmm. So he has never stopped recruiting him all season, which has got to say volumes about his character and his leadership, which we already knew, but just to kind of reiterate the fact of how important he is on more than just the court. He's the new Chandler Parsons. He's <laughs> respect
1: him with Chandler Parsons. God, Chandler Parsons. He's the new, he's the new, he's just new and better. He's better than ever. If you want to draw
0: like something from Chandler Parsons, he went to Florida. Billy Donovan was a coach of Florida, the University of Florida, for years. He never really had one and done players. He had guys come back. Well, hey Billy, your first NBA season, you have your first one and done player. Wow. so that'll be for all my college fans out there.
1: Great snipe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never had many at Florida, man. He never had many because oh, man. he had guys come back, like the Noah Horfords. They all came back, and now.
1: You're one and done as the biggest guy you ever had. Yeah, man. If, okay, you know, for OKC, like if I'm Billy Donovan, I'm pissed, bro, because he. I'm assuming that they brought him on and be like, yeah, we're going to re-sign Kevin Durant and we're going to re-sign West, Westbrook and we're going to have all this young talent on the team and you just need to make it work, you know, you have to get it to coalesce. But now he's just like every, everything is falling off the team or is going to fall off the team.
0: And he kind of did make it work. They were up 3-1 in the Warriors. They're a couple of jump shots away from being in the NBA Finals. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, the, his implementation of the two big men did wonders in the postseason. And then I don't... Uh, going back and watching some of those Warriors-Thunder game, where it's just like, what the hell happened in game 5-6-7? Mm-hmm. I still can't put my finger to it exactly, where it's just... Things got south in a hurry.
1: The a make-or-miss league, and then the, the Warriors were making them. They were just, like, nailing those threes, man. I mean, Clay Thompson... <laughs> Clay Thompson in what was it the, f- the third quarter in Game Six where he's just like, I cannot, I cannot lose. That's basically couldn't miss. Yeah, he just cannot, I cannot miss, and I will not lose. And that's the reason why they're, they even made it to the to the finals, man. It's you know, I just I feel bad for the Thunder. I feel bad for the Thunder, but I don't feel bad for the Thunder because the owner stole the franchise from Seattle. And I will never forgive him for that. <laughs> and uh, but I feel bad because uh, you know I like the Thunder. I like the Thunder fans. Whenever you know, if you watch the playoffs, the Thunder fans are like, when they're almost like Canadian fans. So like if it's college town, yeah. Like if anything good happens, you know, like they they hustle for the ball. Like the, the entire arena is roaring. You know, like offensive rebounds. We're talking about offensive rebounds, man. And they're just like roaring. It's like they can't believe that this is this is happening for their team, and. Now they're going to be like, I can't believe this is happening to my team, and Kevin Durant is no longer there.
0: This is not the first time in American history where somebody has gone west for more success. I'll just leave that.
1: Yo, California seems to just steal talent from all over the planet.
0: Which is a bit surprising, because the taxes and everything is so high there. If you were to make a super team, LeBron had the right idea going to Miami. The state of Florida, there's no state tax. That's why I'm surprised Mark Cuban's had such a hard time being able to get guys to come together and play in Dallas. No state tax. Like I just don't understand why states with no state tax can't lure players there and kind of take advantage of the financial aspect that they have where it's an advantage for them. And in California, you're getting taxed like almost as much as here in Ontario. It's a lot of money.
1: You know, on the Mavs, I don't want to play around Dirk Nowitzki, man. He's still trying to build a team around Dirk. Why? You think that's his downfall, eh? Yeah, because Dirk is Dirk again, I've I've mentioned he's this, old he's Frankenstein basically on the court, dude. Yeah. He's like he's like marching up and down and it looks like he has lead in his boot in his shoes and <laughs> no, the only his saving grace is his shot, but like he's not the only four that can shoot the ball now. No, was, this is you true. Know,
0: like, <laughs> I'm, not know, gonna, I'm not gonna argue. You said I'm more surprised that they haven't been able to revamp it. Yeah, I don't
1: they just need him to retire, because as long as he has it, doesn't retire, they're continuing to try to build, like, a playoff or championship team around him, and this is not happening.
0: Well, they don't just need him to retire. They need him to retire, and they need to tank. T- and this, t- is, the perfect,
1: a, like, this is actually the around. perfect opportunity for them to do so. They're not, yeah,
0: because this, this draft is shaping up pretty and, well at the top. Half. And
1: they're not getting anybody in free agency right now. So this is like, yeah, Dirk, you know, we're going to give you part of the franchise. Just, Just, just go home.
0: They haven't got anybody in free agency since DeAndre Jordan scoring them. They had DeAndre Jordan for like five minutes. Yeah. They they haven't been able to draw anybody there. I just – I don't get it. Yeah, they're
1: just like the Raptors right now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I feel like the Raptors are a bit different, man. They don't have any cap space. Like, we knew to expect this. And people that didn't and that are criticizing management and saying, oh, you know, they screwed themselves. Like, by by saying they're available to – to go and pursue Paul Gasol, that shows they can make a move and they can get money. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It just shows that they're willing to take on the risk and basically say, we feel like we can get the cap space by the deadline.
1: Why do they – can somebody explain explain to me why we want Paul Gasol or why the fan base thinks we want Paul Gasol?
0: Um, the fan base is very short-sighted.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't have a good reason. Yeah, I don't they, think, they see Powell and they're like, oh, he was nasty with the Lakers. You know, He had some good games last year. But he doesn't like. He fits what the Raptors. Do but are you? Is he really enough to help you beat the Cavs now? No. Probably not. So how does he help?
1: I, I don't get I think it. They're gonna take long term. Yes, I was even you know I'm reading about just a bunch of things about the Raptors trying to pursue how Gasol. I'm just like this, the late thirty year old man that uh doesn't like to play defense and was uh, very slowly, you know. I just don't really understand the, <laughs> the rationale behind it, but. Luckily, we did not get him for good.
0: Well, the hot report tonight is that they're in pursuit of Dwayne Dedman, so that might be their new backup center.
1: Yay.
0: Yay. <laughs> oh, no, he, he's, had some, he's had some good nights on DraftKings for me. Uh, I, I've picked when he had to for Vucevic back in his Orlando days, so uh, I'll give a yay. Okay. You know, okay. He's a big physical guy, rebounds. You know, he's, he's a more burly J.J. J. Hickson.
1: Okay. I mean, J.J. <laughs> Hickson... You're not really really stirring my desires right now.
0: Well, for $6 million, what do you want me to do here? I can barely buy you dinner with that money in the NBA. (laughs) League Ben's 10 mil now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. All right. Talking a bit about the home front, though. Yep. Nike Crown League. We went to that last Friday. What are your thoughts on that? That was your first time going. I went last year. I thought the event was a bit better this year. Um, I enjoyed Jarvis Collegiate more as a venue. Mm Mm-hmm. This venue is aesthetically more appealing in my opinion. Beautiful
1: court, beautiful yeah, very court. Nice. Like it's uh, it's all white. Well, if like the base coat is white, and then they have the key is black, and it also has like the blue sea and tower inside of it, like the skyline. Then,
0: yeah, both ends of the floor have that. Yeah,
1: and then like you know all the the outlining of everything. So the outlining of the three point line and the half court line it's all gold, and it has the Nike Crown League uh, symbol inside in the middle. It just it looks beautiful, man.
0: They got a pair of maple leaves on uh, mid court there. There's two two leaves there. Yeah, it looks really yeah. nice, gold.
1: Cool. I love the way what, it looks.
0: what did you think about the event though?
1: It's really cool, man. I've never I've never been to a pro am before, you know, any sort of summer league. So when I went there, I was I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I saw a lot of people a lot of people are greeting greeting each other i'm just like does oh, everybody here doesn't know each other like, i feel like i feel like i almost walked into somebody's like somebody's house party or something like that <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> yeah, the end the music is blasting i got people yelling over the speakers and like everybody's like hey man what are you doing yeah i'm like uh i'm supposed to go upstairs <laughs> that's pretty cool <laughs> well, all that
0: i mean your articles coming out tomorrow about all that so that'll be something for people to read
1: yeah Man, it was great, though. It was great. It was great to meet, uh, you know, Akil, and it was great to meet uh, Dwayne to see, like, you know, what's actually going on behind the scenes, influences and stuff like that for players that are actually playing in the league.
0: It's too bad they couldn't give more information, but, I mean, they did say there was some players coming and kind of hint, hint, wink, wink, like, stay tuned. Mm. So I'd take, I'd say take that for what it's worth, but if last year was any indication – once the Pan Am game's finished, you started seeing more guys come out, and even guys that weren't playing for Canada would slowly come out as the weeks progressed. I'd expect more of the same this year, especially if Canada has an early exit in the qualifiers. I don't think they will, but it's only two weeks. But I'd say weeks four to six of the Crown League, you'll see
1: some pretty okay. pretty big names showing up. Yeah, it's going to be hot then. That's a lot of people are going to be showing up.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe you'll get some more local guys. like We saw Bruno this week. What were your thoughts on Bruno, actually?
1: Man, dude, he's so, he is not selling me at all on his talent. You know, if, uh, he like rarely plays in the in the NBA, and then you see him in the nine hundred five, and he's not he's not like lighting it up there. Seeing him in the summer league, and he's just like not really doing anything. I assume I'm assuming it's because his crown league is a summer league, so he's not like going at full tilt. But bro, I'm not. He kind of looks
0: aloof, man. Yeah, he's, That's, like he looks.
1: Nonchalant, very like, yeah, I'm here. I've seen zero flashes from him. I don't. I think he dunked it once, and it wasn't even that impressive of a dunk. Two footed. This is
0: a little two hand yeah. flush. Flush, sorry. But yeah, he does have a smooth touch, though. I mean, his jump shot, his little fadeaway there, he had the baseline, a um, couple three balls. Like his form looks good, and his his touch is just it's improved a lot compared to what he was when he first got here. What do you think they're trying to
1: turn him into at this point?
0: A D and three, a hundred percent. It's got to be D and three. I mean, the amount of jump shots that he's been selling for, not just at like the crown league, but throughout his time in the nine hundred five, he just screams D and three player to me. Where he's got the length, so you know you can get. He can. He can kind of guard like a wing or like a hybrid four, or if you need him to take down a, a big guard, he can. He can do all those three things for you, and then just shoot threes.
1: Okay, I mean, spending like four years to develop that dude. I don't know about that dude.
0: So I feel like that they tried to develop him into this superstar, Mm -hmm. and it failed. And they were like, okay, what kind of value can we extract from this guy? Okay. So I think their last resort is this 3 and D player, and now we're seeing it.
1: Right. So what that means to me is that he didn't have the ball handling capability to actually (laughs) expand upon being a 3 and D player.
0: He's got those Kevin McHale arms, but I mean, he can tie his shoes standing up. Oh, you
1: stole my oh man. Stealing oh, anecdotes. Punchline. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about that at Crown League, and you hear stealing it on the podcast. I see you.
0: Well, you jumped out my throat before I could hat tip you. So,
1: but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not astonished by him. Man, he's looking. <laughs> he's, he's not looking. Uh, he's look. He looks all right. He doesn't look great, which is kind of sad because two years away from being two years away, I was like, okay, we're. Talking about superstar potential type stuff here, no.
0: Well, when you consider the Raptors' cap situation too and their roster construction, they need guys like him to yep. eventually pan out. Yeah, exactly, dude. Because so. if they don't, it's really going to hurt their long-term development. Not just as a player for Bruno, I'm talking about as a team here.
1: Yeah, this, this is why we advocated for the step back, but they will not do that.
0: They might be forced to after next year.
1: Yeah, dude, they're going to be. Wor- they're they're probably going to be a worse team this year than they are last year.
0: Well, especially because a lot of teams in the East improve, too.
1: Yeah. You know, the uh, uh, Celtics are catching up. Probably surpass the Raptors. I don't know. That battle for that 2-3 seed is going to be very, very, very interesting. And in the back corner, uh, what
0: you hear right now is screaming Knicks fans <laughs> saying, watch out for us as well. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Ross, the zinger, Carmelo, we're back.
1: I love poor Zingus, but it's, um, I don't know if that's happening now. You know the Knicks, it's the no. Knicks. <laughs> they're the Knicks. Oh man, dude, the Knicks are just why, man. Just be the best thing about being a large market is just being able to attract free agents, as they're doing, you know, this year. But uh, yeah, I mean, Joakim Noah is great free agent signing. They're <laughs> and they're doing it the wrong way. Two thousand and three. If you're a large market, what you should actually do is do what the Warriors did, right? Which is you know easy for anybody to say, just you know, be like, yeah, dude, just be the Warriors. But like, you're trying to develop talent, like build your own talent, and then use, you know, the big city to attract smaller players. Because big players like Kevin Durant, for example, he doesn't care about going to the Knicks because they suck. But if you have yeah. if you develop if you drafted that player to your team, he's already there. So it's much easier to get people like, you know, Sean Livingston on your team or like uh, Bruno. Or not Bruno, uh, or maybe even Bruno, but but it's easier to get like somebody like Biombo to your team because like flashing lights are there, and plus we already have the superstar.
0: And if you're a superstar right now in the NBA, why in the hell am I going to go to a team that is going to take three years to get in title contention? I'm a, I'm a win now, guy. That's three years off my contract and my entire career that I'm not going to get back.
1: Yeah, I'm just chilling here doing like you're just running idle. Basically. I'm
0: doing the heavy lifting
1: for a bad team. Yeah. what's the no the point? And plus, when you're when you are a superstar on a bad team, you're DeMarcus Cousins. You're DeMarcus Cousins, but you also take your your team out of being in a position to draft even more um, valuable pieces. So,
0: and the Knicks don't have any draft picks, yeah. so this is great.
1: <laughs> Knicks man,
0: one of the biggest messes in sports. Right, but history. yeah, like recent sports history. Back to Kevin Durant.
1: I'm just happy that he actually made a decision to go to a good team, you know, instead of instead of fulfilling the fanciful Lakers slash Knicks ideals of just going to a big market.
0: I never took that serious. I I honestly thought he was going to take the one and one, and not what he did the one and one in Golden State, the one and one in Oklahoma City. One more kick at the can. Him and Russ can be free agents and see what happens. I think if anything though, this this speaks to a bigger storyline, which is that. Maybe him and Russ didn't get along as much as we all thought.
1: Man, well, you know, now that they're now that he's on the Warriors, he doesn't even have to think about Russ being a good friend or not, because Russ is probably going to leave the Thunder next year, anyways. You no, know, like
0: that's true Swo- as <laughs> well. But I just
1: think that like if
0: a lot of people around the league consider Russ to be the best player in the NBA, and I feel like that's fair. He's he's by far the best athlete, mm-hmm. but at times he's the best player. Just with the way he can impact the game so, in, in so many different levels, right? Uh, Especially on the offensive side of it. I, I think it's very sporadic that he's the best player, but I know a lot of people out there feel that he is by far the best player. Hey man, I remember, would Would you leave that? Uh, if you were Durant?
1: Yeah, you know, okay. The issue with Kevin Durant and uh, Russell Westbrook is that we all feel like Russell Westbrook has the ball too frequently. Because he does. And Kevin Durant has it too infrequently, right? Like, Kevin Durant is somehow the number two, even though, you know, most would consider Kevin Durant better at basketball than uh, Russell Westbrook. So, if you're Russell. I mean, if you're Kevin Durant, why do I continue to stay on a team where I'm? I'm like the I'm the one A to Russell's one, and we're not the championship. You know, we're not a defending championship team. We're not really making waves, to getting to the championship. Why would I do that when I can? He's probably going to be the one A. He's still probably going to be the one A on the Thunder or on the Warriors. And nah, he's the one. He could be the one or the one A. It doesn't even matter, dude. Like... He could be the four if you wanted to. Yeah, there. he could be the yeah. you could be the fourth dude on that team, and they're still out here trying to trying to win pro- probably every game. You know, like they could do just eighty-two and zero. They just never lose a game.
0: I could see that. I honest to God if they decide to go for it, I could see them getting
1: close. They won't though. Like some stupid winning streak. No, they won't. Especially after losing this season. They've learned they'll consider it a lesson learned and just not attempt to do that.
0: This is true. They got and get... Russell Westbrook is like a hundred percent gonna throw shade
1: at them. You can just
0: feel it. Guys are gonna take jabs all year He's like cool. they did LeBron.
1: Whenever Russell play whenever the Thunder play the Warriors, Russell's gonna is like destroy Steph Curry. You know he's going for like 30 or 40 points that game.
0: Who gives a shit? We saw him destroy Steph Curry for four games and then they lost the next three. Okay. <laughs> you know, no, seriously, in the Western Conference Finals, he destroyed Steph Curry for the first four games. That's true. And they switched and they put Klay Thompson on him and then everything changed. Now they can put Klay Thompson on him and what? They're going to defend Steph Curry and Kevin Durant? Good luck. Yeah,
1: they have the Thunder at this point have...
0: Um, the Warriors decapitated the Thunder, man. The only team that could beat them, they decapitated
1: them. Yeah, that's true. Like The Thunder don't have a small forward anymore. And uh, their big man position is... like Their center power forward area is all all messed up. I guess just... Oh well, yeah,
0: you Cantor making all that money got, now too.
1: Yeah, Cantor is making this ton of money because of the Blazers. Uh, Neil Loche overpaying him and then they had to match, so... It's a disaster, dude. Like, low-key, it's a disaster over there in the Thunder, man. I mean, they have they have young pieces, but they ain't, they're not going to be doing anything serious anymore.
0: Probably not. And when you look at the Western Conference as a whole, who can really beat the Warriors? Seriously.
1: Uh, Spurs,
0: too old. Yeah. I mean, we both read Zach Lowe's piece where he was saying that players were joking around and exec- executives said that the Warriors felt that there was zero chance in hell the Spurs could beat them in a seven-game series. Mm-hmm. So they may respect the Spurs, but they don't fear them. Yeah, that's that's a little bit sad, man. Because then who else is there? What the Clippers?
1: Yeah, that's it. That's about it, dude.
0: And they'll wallop them.
1: Yeah, that's really sad. That's you know that was a good rivalry at least.
0: Yeah, we you know we got like a season
1: <laughs> a season or two, and then uh, the, yeah. the Warriors exploded onto the scene. The rivalry is now dead, but it was a good rivalry. Like the best
0: series next year in the Western Conference playoffs is going to be that Spurs Clippers series, mm. and the winner goes to get swept in four, maybe three, yeah. maybe <laughs> just like,
1: short.
0: <laughs> but like we've seen enough.
1: Oh, it's going to be the opposite of when it was a couple of years ago, when it was Clippers versus Spurs, when we we're like, when's game eight?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> if anybody takes them that far, I'll be thoroughly impressed.
1: So the seven games, and I don't know about that. I don't, really
0: I don't think anybody's capable. I don't even think the Cavs
1: can. You know what? The Cavs, are, they're good. You know, like Cleveland in general, they're good right now. It's like, we won the championship. We're done with basketball for a
0: bit. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Championship hangover, you know, the Warriors sold
1: out. Like, yeah, we're done with basketball. We got the chip. You know, we, brought, we got one for the land. The drought is over. The curse is over. We're good. They're good for the, at least the next 10 years before anybody's, like, Ah uh, man, well how come we haven't won a championship or anything recently? Plus they even have the Indians when the Indians are playing well. Very well. Now all they need is
0: to fix the Cleveland Browns, but that'll never happen.
1: So yeah, as Cleveland, you know, you're good right now. LeBron I don't know what this what does this mean for LeBron, man?
0: What does it mean for LeBron? It means that he has to find a way to get his friends to come join him now.
1: <laughs> so so like, the super friends, let's do this.
0: I don't even know if they can make that work financially.
1: CP3, uh, Dwayne Wade, maybe a little bit of Carmelo.
0: There is no way CP3 and LeBron can play together. No.
1: First of all, CP3, I don't know what he would do because he seems to have like a Napoleon complex. Yeah. yeah, he
0: needs the ball. He needs to bark at you. He needs to play half court. He needs to literally play the way that he prefers to play. And LeBron's going to get like he's going to walk up to half court, and be like, "Give me the ball, son."
1: Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe no, no CP3. No. What more Dwayne Wade?
0: Yeah, what if Dwayne Wade just says, screw this, I'm taking a cheap deal to play in Cleveland with my buddy LeBron, and we're going to go at the Warriors.
1: The hype would be unreal. Yeah. I
0: don't think it'd be good enough, but the hype
1: would be there. And you could probably get, like, a Carmelo trade. Ah oh, no, no, no,
0: don't do that. That's cancer.
1: But Carmelo for Kevin Love? You think that'd work? Carmelo for Kevin Love, and then you have Porzingis to play at the center. You got Kevin Love there.
0: That's interesting
1: you have to get rid of uh, Joakim. Yeah, I can see that. That's a little... ha. When I just...
0: are we feeling? But like the vibe I get though is that you feel that the only way a team is going to compete with the Warriors is if somebody like the Cavs goes out and trades. You know what you just said, Carmelo for Love. So then you got Carmelo, LeBron, Kyrie Irving, and do they need one more? Like let's hypothetically say a cheap Dwayne Wade.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't. You have to build.
0: Like is that the only way they're gonna get competition this year? At this
1: point, you have to build another team that is competitive, and you need more stars. Like they just have some Kevin Durant and Kyrie, oh, sorry, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry on one team is already like
0: you know a recipe
1: for destruction. But just the fact that the Warriors are so well constructed around them.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. As I say because the Cavs can match that. We saw Kyrie can go toe for toe with Steph Curry, and LeBron Durant. I'll watch that 185 games in a row. I don't even care. Okay. I'll watch it just non-stop. But who's taking care of Draymond? Yeah. Who's taking care of Clay? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, there's nobody. I mean,
1: J.R. Smith on Clay Thompson.
0: Like, they tried to pick at Kevin Love in this last series, and they got it with, like, open looks to Harrison Barnes. Those open looks are now replaced by Kevin Durant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's if he decides to be, like, the third or fourth option on the team, and he's stands on the corner.
0: Let's say, if, even if he's not. And they would win the that's series. Clay Tom,
1: that's Clay Thompson standing there. Yeah. Like, no thanks. Yeah, they would win the series. They would win the series. Just Kevin Durant literally just took all the shots that Harrison Barnes did. They would have won the series. They might have swept them. Okay. Like, that's all they need is just Kevin Durant to just be Harrison Barnes. That's all they need. Right? But they're going to get so much more from that. Which is just terrifying. <laughs> so if you're the Cavs, I don't know. You need to... You either need to be like, yeah, we're good right now, and we're just gonna like uh, just chill with the championship trophy for a year, and then just chill for the until this blows over, or you have to start building some super teams. Gotta get some Carmelo action. Gotta get some uh, maybe some Westbrook. I don't know, man. Westbrook is gonna probably play a pivotal role in toppling the Warriors. To the good luck to the Celtics, maybe. Good luck.
0: That's all I'm gonna say. I, I, I thought the Celtics me? too, but I thought the Celtics too. But I was like, good luck.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know. They the league's in trouble for real. I mean, if you're gonna think of this from like a competitive standpoint, the league is in trouble because the Warriors big time. The Warriors do not look like a team that can be that can be stopped at this point, and it's gonna it can negatively impact the the viewer the viewer the viewership of the league because everybody's going to think that the Warriors are going to win every time.
0: Well, I think on a bigger picture, the next CBA is going to be messy, but this is going to roll over in other sports too, because you're going to see teams, let's say like, I don't know, small market teams are going to be like, well, we're screwed. And then you look at other sports where players like NFL players have been bitching nonstop about the money that these NBA guys are getting recently. And that's partially the NBA players' You know, getting a great deal with NBA PA, what they negotiate the past CBA, and the NFL PA not getting one.
1: NFL PA is a... Dis- Yo, they get oh, non- it was terrible. They, they get, get non-guaranteed contracts. What is that, bro?
0: Well, they're going to fight for that, obviously, in the next CBA. Yeah. I would not be surprised if we see a couple of strikes coming in professional sports.
1: Maybe not in baseball. Baseball, they're good right now.
0: Yeah, they're good. Everything Chris in baseball. They have,
1: they have no salary cap. Everybody gets paid whatever. Like, it doesn't... like. Money there is just like, just flies into people's pockets from seemingly nowhere. because viewership for that sport is not the greatest.
0: It's traditional sport, right? Yeah. I mean, tough to sit there and watch for three hours for a lot of people. Yeah. Exactly. But when you look at the NBA, though, this next CBA is going to be messy. It's gonna, uh, owners do not, these are billionaires we're talking about. They don't like being embarrassed. They don't like having investments where they feel like, well, wait a minute. We can't even win a title. Like, who's going to beat these guys? So why do I have this thing again?
1: Yeah, the Warriors somehow just became like the Barcelona of, uh, of basketball. Yeah, you know, and they <laughs> kind of scary, dude. <laughs> like you know, the Barcelona has Messi and Neymar and Suarez on that team, and it was like you know, there's even a, but there's a rival to that team. I don't. The Warriors don't have a rival. They don't. There's no rival team for the Warriors. And that's well. That is like you know that's pretty scary for the rest of the league. You know, you can see viewership going down, or it would go up. I would say in the first season, just so people first can season. see the team and then boo the team. But then when-
0: I'd rather watch the Globetrotters, man. Like I feel like they'd be more competitive.
1: It's not like the teams are gonna you know, franchises are just gonna get crushed by the Warriors, and like people just won't show up to the Warrior. Well,
0: because they're gonna feel like what's the point, right? We get to the playoffs and we're not gonna beat these guys. So why am I following this again? Yeah, exactly.
1: So, Especially if it's
0: in a town with another good sports team.
1: Yeah, and you know, at this point, there's no real way to stop it. You know, like I can't think of any way for this to to be halted. This specific scenario with Kevin Durant, it could probably be hindered in the future, but
0: in 2017, when the new CBA gets together, I feel like things are going to get ugly. Are going to
1: say like you can't you can't resign for like for what? Like what is what language would be able to stop Kevin Duran from joining the Warriors?
0: Well, you can't. like He's there, right? Yeah. Like he'll They'll lock him up like next year, but I'm saying going forward after that, teams will just be pissed off. and just If they have to lock out, so be it. They'll lock out for a bit because players aren't going to want to budge, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there are certain things that they've won in this past CBA that why am I going to give that up again? Yeah. Like Let's take, for example, smoothing the salary cap. Mm-hmm. The PA voted to have this thing exponentially grow. Whereas the ownership proposed the idea of why not smoothing it out, which would have helped prevent this. Right. And now because they got this exponential boom, they can go out and get players like that. So why are they going to go and smooth it out now? Yeah, it's like, great. It's
1: great for the players, but the franchises are just like I don't really know what to do anymore. Yeah. So the players like maybe look
0: at like maxable players, man. Like the percentage that they can increase salaries that'll probably change, especially for rookies. Like that's something that they'll they'll definitely allow teams. I mean, we talked about this off the air where you usually hit your peak in, like, years three to five, and teams can't max those guys out to where they would like to, so it creates this this kind of false narrative of they, they could possibly lose them when they go, no, 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 they're still in the rookie deal, like, you could keep them, but you just can't sign them to a the long extension that you would want to keep them at the cost that they want. So it becomes this give-and-take where the players are kind of like, well, I, I know I'm worth more money, but I can't give it to you. So I, I don't understand how they can keep these guys around.
1: Yeah, you know... I don't. There's. It's messy. Yeah, it's gonna get crazy. I can't. You know this. Yeah, you're right. There's gonna be a strike for sure. Now that I'm thinking about it,
0: I just don't see how there can't be.
1: There's so many. Um. There's so many floating parts now, especially with this move specifically, where the franchises and the owners are gonna be like, "How can I? How is it possible for me to be competitive against a team that has?"
0: A super team. Yeah, it's like
1: it's actual, It's an actual super team at this point because they just won seventy three games before, and they just added a player that is better than like, you know, he's the second or third or fourth best team player in the league. They just in the league, right in the league, and they just added him to the team that won seventy three games with ease. Yeah, and it wasn't even hard. Yeah, exactly. They they just didn't reassign Izzyli. They renounced. Yeah, they renounced and they just didn't re-sign Bogut, and that's it.
0: And now I feel like the, the counter-side to that is if ownership is arguing about this, and you're the players, why am I going to... Wait, wait, why am I catering to you guys again? Like, I obviously had a choice to do these things, so... And you agreed to this in the last CBA, so why are we going to switch this around here? And then that's where the lockout and all the other disagreements will will start.
1: Yeah, dude. You know, this is like a win for the... This is a win for the players. Free of course, there was a win for the players.
0: Hundred percent. Remember July fourth, two thousand sixteen, <laughs> the NBA change that day.
1: Independence Day.
0: Yeah, we won't <laughs> <laughs> we won't know it now, but looking in a few years, we're gonna be like, God damn, that Durant deal was big. Yeah, this is Independence
1: Day three. We should make a movie out of this. Damn.
0: A little, a little other piece of news that we missed that is sad for me personally. Tim Duncan.
1: Oh. Is uh. That- I
0: feel like this. This is how we close the show out. Man. we close it out with <laughs> retiring.
1: It's, strong, it's only fair. Strong inclination to retirement.
0: Yeah, the big fundamental is about to, you know, go off in the sunset. I'm, I'm, I'm actually sad about this.
1: Oh, so, there's never been a time for me where the Spurs have been bad. You know, like
0: I, I'm not ready for that. And uh, they're not gonna be bad. They're like the Red Wings. They're
1: gonna be they're just gonna, gonna be Bad, up. but they're going to take like a noticeable dip. Very soon, you know, with Tony Parker, managing Ginobili, and Tim Duncan, retiring. And, uh, yeah. Boris Diaw getting traded, course, too, probably. Boris Diaw was getting traded, you know, to to, to get Paul Gasol, so, I'm
0: just... Never forget Boris. <laughs> he was actually instrumental in their last titles.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, he was actually, you know, he was, uh... He was one of, like, he's was a, a cult favorite.
0: Yeah, he is. And
1: part of that cult.
0: <laughs> so... I'm I'm actually going to be upset if he retires, but yeah. all good things come to an end. in terms of players and professional sports, so
1: there'll be there'll be a next one.
0: There will be. Probably Anthony Towns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually a good one. I mean, people said Jalen Okafor, but I feel like Cats more more comparable. But at the very least, thanks for everything, Tim. It's been an awesome awesome time watching you play since Wake Forest all the way up till now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think you know what. Now that I said it, there probably won't be a next one. Not like, not the same way that he plays. You know,
0: the constant professional too, like on and off the court. It's just this guy. This guy took the high road from day one, and somehow has been able to keep doing it. He's. I can't think of one bad Tim Duncan
1: incident. Yeah, me neither. I remember when he got uh, kicked out of a game for laughing. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's like the worst thing he's ever done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that
0: that is actually the worst thing.
1: Uh, He has a psych degree and so do I, so, like, degrees represent. I have a special connection to Tim Duncan. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's going to be missed. man. He's, you know, he's a great personality inside the league, too. Seems like every every uh, player in the league who's met him, loved him, and he pretty much personifies the Spurs as the just the franchise, you know. It's just, like, quiet franchise, constantly winning. He's been winning 50 games for, like, the past... I almost like <laughs> it feels like for like their entire existence
0: it does no it really does I mean since that 98 season when they won yeah it's felt like all the way since then
1: yeah so you know he's just personified it and he's about to retire so I just I'm kind of worried about the franchise but Pop is still there Why is still there Marcus is still there
0: Danny Green there's pieces yeah.
1: But uh, there will only be one big fundamental. There'll probably be you know, people that are that seem like an iteration or slices of him, but just there'll never be somebody that's exactly like him.
0: Not a chance. And I feel like with that we should close this out because I just I just want to end it with Timmy D. I just feel like it's the right thing to do. <laughs>
1: Ice and Duncan. Love you. I <laughs> love you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love you too. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right, well, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this uh, special emergency edition here with the Warriors assigned to take over the NBA. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, at Tip of the Tower. You can like our Facebook page, at Tip of the Tower. You can follow Tamar on Twitter, at DamarJG. You can follow me on Twitter, at Chris O'Kranitz. And as always, um, we have a fan out there who has been emailing myself and Damar with great insight and great comments. Always appreciate it. You can reach out to both of us by email, and if you click on the About section on our website, you can send us both emails, and we're always loving to chat with fans. So you can do that as well. Yep. And as always, please subscribe to the show on iTunes. We always appreciate the, uh, the comments, any ratings, anything like that. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a good night. night guys. With the first pick in the 1997 NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs select... Tim Duncan from Wake Forest University. It is my pleasure to present the most valuable player trophy to none other than Tim Duncan.
1: together as a team and we do a great job at, and pull this one out. It's for all of them. We saw at halftime all the people in your homeland. What do you think is going on down there right now? Oh, they're going crazy. Uh, I, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine. They're going crazy down there. Timmy, congratulations.